Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Hello and welcome to Inside ETFs, the podcast where we bring the latest and greatest ETF industry perspectives directly to you through in-depth conversations with key thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm your host, Douglas Jonas, the head of exchange-traded products at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Now, today I'm joined by Sylvia Jablonski. She is the CEO and CIO of Defiance ETFs. Founded in 2018, Defiance is an ETF firm entirely focused on thematic investing. And these themes, they cut across traditional sectors. They include technologies or practices that are set to transform existing paradigms of how we live, how we work, receive healthcare, and pursue leisure. Sylvia, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Doug. Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So we've known each other for many years, but but I thought it'd be worth kind of starting at the beginning. You know, could you share a bit about how you personally got into the ETF business? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and it has been quite a while. I, uh, I I forget that we're no longer 21. Yeah. So I started my career working in in kind of the investment banking side. And, you know, I did one of those rotations where you work in different groups and things like that. And I ended up working at Deutsche Bank in a swaps group, um, basically flow trading where, you know, you essentially trade, you know, settle, sell, um, total return swaps, synthetic futures, Delta One types of products to different clients. And, you know, so I, I sort of learned about equity derivatives and, and swaps and got a, a good understanding of of those businesses while there. And then I ended up starting to work with different ETF providers when they started using swaps. And, you know, my, my career kind of like hopped to, to SockGen next, where my my major role was was working with and, and covering ETF issuers like ProShares on their daily swap rebalance and whatnot. You know, I kind of did that for a couple of years and and became an expert on like the equity finance side of things, equity derivatives trading side of things. And you know, there's a period of time where Direction ETFs, the Levered Inverse Firm, was was starting to come out with 3x levered funds. And um, I, I had a friend over there who, you know, who, who I got talking to, and and you know, they were sort of looking to grow and and start. And um, conversation with him led to meeting with Dan O'Neill, the the kind of founder and, and president of of that firm. And you know, I ended up taking my expertise and, and joining Direction. So I spent 13 years. Um, or so working, working there. And that was my first foray into ETFs. And while at Direction, I worked with Matt Belsky, who is the original founder of, of Defiance ETFs. And we worked together for five years and we sort of hustled together and, and we're out there, you know, educating clients on ETFs, doing the capital market stuff, 
you know, um, trying to trying to really spread the word about ETF education and availability and and kind of these up and coming, you know, cool thematic types of ETF products. So we we worked together there. And when he went to start um, Defines, it was really a no brainer to to join and, and partner up with him again and, and really try to build this business together and, and bring something really cool and, and unique to the market. One of the things I love so much about this podcast and hearing different ways in which people kind of work through their careers, you know, a lot of people don't realize to become a CEO, to become a CIO, which is most of the the people guests on this this podcast, there's a lot of meandering that goes on and there's a lot of following your interests and following what you love to do and learning new things. And and I, I love that about our guests. I love that about your story. Was there a point in time, Sylvia, where you just sort of, because you were doing a lot of different things all around finance, where you said to yourself, boy, I just really love ETFs. Yeah, I think, it, and you make a really great point. And I think it's it's something, you know, that's super important for, you know, young people starting their their careers out to think about, you know, when you sort of graduate college, you think about like, this is, you have this idea in your mind of the job you're going to have. So for, for me, it was just, you know, I went to Boston College. And and so everybody who graduates with, with an econ degree or finance degree just wants to get on, on one of those, you know, iBanking rotations, and then kind of just figure out where you're going to end up in the bank. But you know, it, it like definitely banking, right? You have to work for one of the big banks. And so I did that and I had that experience. But I, ju- I just think that like the more you, the more you sort of like talk to people and work in your, in your actual job it, it, it is the more you start thinking about the career that you want and, and noticing, you know, the different types of jobs that people do in the different places that people work and they're not necessarily only big banks. So I, I you know, I definitely paid my dues, as they say. I mean, um, the, the upside of that to your point about CEOs and CIOs is you really have to have a lot of experience and understand all of the moving parts that go into a business. And, you know, I, I I definitely feel sort of confident in that knowledge and it takes, you know, it definitely takes time to sort of get it. And I think it, it helps so much. Like there are things that I think about in this role that, you know, I didn't experience in my last role that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going back to 2008 to think about and, and you know, kind of like remember how they worked and whatnot. So it's I'm really grateful for all the experiences I've had along the way and all the amazing leaders I've worked for along the way. I got really lucky um, in that regard. But yeah, I started, you know, when I was at SockGen and we, we were covering all the different ETF companies, I thought to myself, you know, this is going to be the next thing, you know, and, and this is in no way a knock on mutual funds. But at that time, mutual funds were like, you know, 2% fees for S&P 500 exposure, you know, active management was like some, some minor thing that allowed you to charge really high fee. And, and I thought to myself, you know, this is where the world's going to go, you know, State Street and, 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 you know, BlackRock iShares and Vanguard and whatnot, they were coming out with these wrappers that were just super cheap and cost efficient, you could trade them throughout the day and, and being, you know, someone who was thinking about the daily rebalancing, the trading of these products, I thought to myself, like, oh my gosh, this is just so much easier, cleaner, and more efficient. Everyone in the world is going to, you know, jump on these things. And and obviously, they were around far longer than I was. But when they entered kind of my atmosphere, that was the oh yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of like a little too late, but early, but still early enough. I'm I'm going to give this a shot. And you know, moving to an ETF provider was definitely the best decision I ever made. And I think it just changed the course of my entire career. And now we hear here we are, as you said, everyone in the world is jumping on this because investors all around the world are are buying, investing, trading U.S. listed ETFs for an advisor out there that that might only really be familiar with a few of Defiance's ETFs. Could you share a little bit more about Defiance and, and your ETF lineup? Yeah, sure. So, you know, going back to um 
some of my past experiences, one thing that, you know, Matt and I and, and, you know, and Paul and Jacob and, and some of our, our partners at um, Defiance often talked about was that, you know, e- ETFs have been, you know, thus far kind of geared towards the top RIAs, right? Everybody wants to launch the product that, you know, sort of like the, the CLS guys or the stadium guys or who are, you know, sort of pick like your, your, your big top advisors out there are going to put in a model and really want to invest in and, you know, it'll really support their business. And that's amazing. But so many of those products already exist. And we got to thinking, you know, it, it's, you know, it was sort of like 2020, you have this like meme stock craze, you had, um, you know, you had sort of a market that was recovering and you had young people who had been sitting home during COVID and becoming really interested in markets. And we really got to thinking there aren't thematic ETFs, thematic ETFs obviously existed, you know, and give lots of credit to, you know, Kathy Wood for sort of, you know, shining a spotlight on them. I think she opened up doors for companies like ours too. You know, we got to thinking like, what does a young investor want exposure to? You know, he doesn't want to go to, to, to an advisor who's going to put them in, you know, spy and, and, and cues and whatever, you know, that, that's sort of, those are amazing products, but there's a portion of that young person's portfolio that, you know, he or she wants to allocate towards the future, right? What, what is the future of, of, of cues? Could it be something like quantum computing? Could it be something like big data? Could it be something like artificial intelligence, electric vehicles, you know, um, 5g in, in terms of energy, you know, what will energy look like? Is it going to be oil and gas companies, energy companies, or could it be things like solar, wind, you know, hydrogen? We kind of went through like sector by sector thinking about what do we really care about? What do people sort of younger than us care about? And and, and because we care and they care, I think, you know, it, it becomes something where the, the high net worth private clients that are like managing family money, they start to care, right? And so our first go of it was was 5G, um, so we came up with what we thought would be sort of the future of communications, this idea that, you know, you essentially need 5G, the, the speed, the bandwidth to power everything from electric vehicles, artificial intelligence, you know, robotics, um, smart cities, connecting a rural and urban America. And, you know, it was something that really resonated with the retail trader. And then, you know, you have a lot of experience in this over time. It's sort of like volume begets volume. And, and you know, at first it was sort of the retail trader, the young person who, who who's just like, you know, this 5G um, transformation is going to be one of the biggest things that we ever sort of lived through um, from a technology and communications perspective. And, you know, it, it picked up and it kind of got to the point where it was was a billion dollar ETF. And then all of a sudden you, you have those, you know, sort of big RIAs, those, those you know, super smart um, think tanks and strategic allocators that started picking up on it as well and putting it in their portfolio. So we really like to think about thematic ETFs in a way that is, you know, it's thematic because it's being classified as thematic, but we try to also keep a purity to it. So we'd like to think about what will a pure technology play look like in the future. And we think that quantum computing is 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 very relevant in that space and would be a great complement to, you know, whatever your kind of classic core cues or or, you know, State Street ETF or iShares ETF, whichever one you sort of use, it would be a great complement to that. And then we thought about energy and we came up with the hydrogen ETF. And then we thought about the the, the future of kind of like travel and the exposure of, of getting that reopen trade in, in one wrapper. And that's how Cruise came about. So, you know, that's that's how we we think about things really. We try to create these industry defined sectors for the for the future, but we try to make them pure. We try to make them investable. One thing I will say is that we're not trying to be cute, right? We're not trying to like tell you what we think the next theme is. We're trying to tell you what we think 
the next group of companies to invest in for the future will be to do what already exists, um, if, if that sort of makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and for those that um, might recognize the word defiance and, and some of the founders of the firm, I want to kind of talk a little bit about the evolution of your business. It, it, you know, it almost starts with a history uh, lesson. There's a great movie called Defiance about some of the, the history of, of the founders and and what their family members did to save many, many lives. I won't spoil it, but I do recommend everybody watch that movie. I think it's on Netflix. I know I saw it on Netflix. But could you could you take us to the to the ETF business, right? The founders, you coming together, there's been a bit of evolution. I mean, you talked us through a product lineup, but but certainly how you think about yourselves and and your alignment to advisors. Yeah. So um so the the firm and and you know all all of us at the firm so it's you know it's myself Matt Balski Paul Aton and this is on the ETF side David Hanono you know we have a whole other marketing group behind us too led by Jacob and his team but we um, have all spent a lot of time working with RAAs so I've Matt and I have spent and and Paul have spent the better part of the last decade talking to you know every RIA <laughs> that was willing to talk to us basically. And Paul came from BlackRock. So he, you know, sort of definitely had that institutionalized exposure to RIAs. Uh, Matt and I, Matt spent some time at BlackRock, but we also spent time at Direction where, um, you know, we had these levered inverse products. So we talked to RIAs that were sort of more tactical, um, more interested in, you know, sort of high, high risk, high reward potential, um, or at least had risk appetite and were comfortable with volatility and whatnot. So amongst the three of us, we sort of really learned about what RIAs actually want, what they care about, and what is useful to them. Um, so being in a position where, you know, we're running our own firm, we can kind of do that in a very clean sort of way, right? So we, we for example, are not trying to bring a, bring a, a menu, you know, um, to an advisor and saying, you know, here's the main course, here are the appetizers, here's the dessert, you should pick one of each, and all of these will be great. What we try to do is think about you know, the advisor, what he or she does, what their belief system is, and and present the the ETF that, you know, actually makes sense to them. And, you know, we, 5G and Quantum and, and, and Hydro and Cruise came out, and they're definitely on the lower end of expense fees, too. So we try to create these products that are fully transparent, that are fully, you know, sort of like investable at a, at a decent fee. And, you know, hope that um, hope that we get some you know sort of interest and take up as people start to invest in 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 these growing uh, themes and and technologies. But you know, for us, a lot of people sort of don't know about this, but we actually are um, two businesses. We have a business which is called Defiance Analytics, and that's our marketing engine. Um, and I keep mentioning, you know, Jacob, he's the CEO and, and founder of that business, you know, during COVID when Defiance was very much, you know, startup mode, you know, n- no roster, no huge roster of salespeople, um, you know, stuck at home and trying to compete with, you know, the, the, the Black Rocks and State Streets of the world. And, and, you know, sort of how do you do that? Right. You, you can't do it. You don't have 50 people who can pick up the phone and try to say, Hey, we're here. Here are our products. Don't forget us. You know, it's, it's COVID, but there are the, these great opportunities. So we have this, you know, robust digital, um, marketing engine where we were able to essentially get as much visibility as, as some of the top players in the ETF industry through, you know, sort of smart sourced algorithms, um, ad placements, you know, um, digital marketing, social media, influencer um, work, you know, videos, PR, press, ads. And, and you know, we ended up 
forming almost a second business because a lot of people were kind of reaching out to us and saying, you guys are so small. Like how on earth are you, are, are you finding this big footprint in terms of just, you know, kind of like media and, and marketing and um, will you do it for us? So, you know, we then ended up taking on a lot of clients. So we essentially have Defiance Analytics, the marketing company and um, Defiance ETFs. So it's, it's been, you know, something that all of us work really hard at. And, you know, myself and Paul are on the ETF side, you know, Jacob is on the marketing side, Matt kind of sits on top and manages the whole business. And that's more or less our structure now. So for those that are following, uh, Sylvia is often on pretty much any finance news uh, cast. You can find her everywhere, including CNBC quite often. You know, Sylvia, that we have we have you live, right? So if you're looking at the markets right now and you're saying, hey, this has been a challenging 2022, are there ways that investors should be considering, you know, uh, managing their risk? Are there particular themes out there in the marketplace that you and your team look at and say, hey, given the markets that we're in today, these these might be the economic themes that that can be translated into a in this particular ETF? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think that the market is, um, you know, it's an interesting market this year. I think, I think that it kind of surprised perhaps a lot of people, or at least really put a lot of people to work in terms of how to manage their portfolios. So, you know, I have a couple of views on this. I think in terms of, if I think about, you know, specific to defiance, right? When you see market pullbacks, when you see a NASDAQ pulling back, you know, 30%, you know, talking about June lows and, and S&P 20%, you know, both of those in, in bear market territory, um, you know, other indices in correction territory. And then you sort of see a recovery, but then the instability comes back and we still see these two to three percent pullback days and, and whatnot. You know, long story short, I'm a big believer in the the school of Warren Buffett, right? Be um, greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So I do think that when you have these massive pullbacks and you're a long-term investor, you know, I don't think that these things are going to play out this year. I'll make that very clear. But I do think that if you're invested in a theme like 5G and quantum computing and hydrogen, you know, you just saw the um, anti, you know, anti-inflation bill at, at a DC and the amount of money that's going to focus on the climate, you know, I don't think that's a reality today, but I absolutely think that the investment and the reality of that um, is going to exist in, in the next few years. You know, these are times to just, you know, be like a squirrel, gather your acorns, put them in your portfolio and and get that exposure for the future. And that also just goes for, you know, not even ETFs necessarily. Um, you can do it through an ETF if you're not a stock picker, you know, invest in NASDAQ, invest in S&P 500, find, you know, the the sort of products that you like best. I mean, there's so many of them out there and they're all incredibly well run and, and expensive. You know, these are the times, especially for young people um, or people with investment horizons that, that span, you know, um, five, 10, e- even 20 years out. I mean, dollar cost averaging, this is sort of, this is the best opportunity. This is when you're you're kind of setting in your your lows. You know, I think that maybe the next year or two are going to be rough, but beyond that, these are great opportunities for investors who have cash on the sidelines to deploy. In terms of like hedging and protecting, you know, I, I think that there are certain asset classes out there where people have just sort of like lost too much, to, to, you know, sort of like lost too much, and they're extremely volatile and having a hard time. I think you know, hedging exposure to some of the, you know, crypto related themes or crypto technology related themes, for example, um, or high growth stocks. Um, I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of bear funds out there. There are a lot of um, different option strategies that investors could employ to kind of smooth out the ride or benefit from the downside. 
um, in the short term, at least, right? Because I think that, you know, if an investor doesn't need, or an RIA doesn't necessarily need to sort of withdraw cash to give to a client or, you know, withdraw cash to like pay your bills, which hopefully, you know, hopefully people don't invest that way and do have enough um, cushion on the side, you know, then you want to ride this out, right? I mean, you don't want to recognize these types of losses. So you could, in the short term, benefit from inverse funds or in the long term, just really look to gather assets. Thank you for that. And and I love the the guidance, right, for young investors and, and all investors, right, to, to really yeah. recognize that short term headlines can can do damage to a portfolio versus, a, you know, sort of put it put it off to the side and, and focus on other things. If you look across the defiance lineup, is there an ETF in there that you say to yourself, boy, everyone should know about this ETF that this has shown this ETF has should have be doing better than it than it has. And it, it just hasn't gotten the attention it deserves. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, it's, it's sort of hard to pick between the two, like, right, you know, right now, everything's getting crushed. But I just think that the, so cruise is the whole, the, you know, um, the kind of the travel and reopen play, right? It's, it's the hotel airline and, and, and cruise. And I think that that sector is just absolutely hammered during COVID. And, you know, you have this kind of unfriendly market right now, but so much of the spending that we're seeing, you know, you even seen in the re- inflation report, right? Like the, the price of gas went down and, and consumer spending kind of like shrunk a little bit on goods, but it really jumps in services, right? So, so I think that that's kind of like a short term in the next year or two, we're going to see that those companies kind of pick up and, and rebound. Um, and just hydrogen, I think people kind of know it exists now because we've seen probably the most amount of interest in that ETF lately, but off of the, you know, off of the bill and, and like the idea that, you know, we have to find a way to get climate neutral and, um, you know, whether or not you, you think we should be drilling more like that, you know, that could, that could also be true, but we, we still need to move forward. Right. So I think that like both, both types of both classic, let's call it, um, energy plays and alternative energy plays are going to be very interesting prospects for the next year or two. So I think, you know, cruise and hydrogen, I think are going to be um, catching a bid in, in the next year or two. And uh, kudos to the to the ever smart and brilliant marketing teams at Defiance. <laughs> uh, hydrogen ETF, easy to remember, Hydro, H-D-R-O, and Cruise, C-R-U-Z, again, easy to remember. Uh, well done on the on the ticker symbols. For for investors, for advisors, right? You 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 mentioned a few times you're you're small yet nimble. Are there ways that you say to them, hey, here's here's how we think you should best be engaging with the Defiance team? Yeah, I think, you know, the good thing about us is that we've we've made ourselves, you know, sort of very human. So whether I'm the the CEO of the firm or the person who's like opening the mail at the firm, this goes for every employee, everyone is available to talk to, you know, sort of anyone, a retail client, an institutional client that has a question or is seeking education about our products. Like there's no sort of um, you know, someone will get back to you in a week type of thing. We take every phone call, we get back to, ev- to everyone we can right away. That's something that, you know, we always promised that we would do, you know, we would never, um, no matter sort of like how big we get or successful, we get every single person who has an opinion or a question or whatever it is about our product. Like we want to hear from them. Um, and that's, you know, from, from Matt to myself, to Paul, to, to Jacob on the marketing side. I think what we try to do is, we again just you know thinking about how we we put such a high level of importance on technology and kind of like evolution and 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 moving forward and thinking about you know what will be efficient in the future 
um, real credit to Jacob, a lot of what we do is is online. It's 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 on Twitter. It's on you know LinkedIn. It's on Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's it's discussions with influencers who are you know kind of out there and 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 have big you know kind of audiences, young and um, you know young all the way through retirement alike. And we're really kind of talking to them through those channels. And I, I would like to say that it's something that we take pride in. It's one thing that I think I'd like to believe we do a lot of things well, but this is one thing that I can say, you know, looking back kind of like throughout my career and how different people, how, how different companies go about doing things. This is one thing that we do very, very differently. We are very, very efficient at communicating through larger platforms and, you know, engaging with our clients in that way. So we're not just running, you know, and there's sort of, get, again, nothing wrong with this, but we don't really run like a full page ad in Barron's and call it a day, right? We want to find who's engaging with our ETF and provide them material and content in the way that they like to receive it. And that could be through, you know, a chat room. It could be through Twitter. It could be through Instagram. And we do that incredibly well. Yeah. And, and again, I, I recommend and, and suggest uh, those of you who don't know Sylvia, you can find her on all the social media channels. You could, you could of, course, of course, follow her. Uh, and if you want to learn more about Defiance and their ETFs, you can go to defianceetfs.com. I'm looking at it now. There's a tab on insights. There's a tab on news. You can read a lot of different articles. There's even materials for both advisors and individuals. And of course, my film recommendation to watch Defiance uh, great movie. Sylvia, I want to thank you so much for being here. That is a wrap on this edition of the Inside ETFs podcast. As a reminder, you can find this episode as well as many other episodes of our podcast series on the New York Stock Exchange's website, homeofetfs.com. Uh, Sylvia, thank you for sharing your insights and everything across the Defiance ETF ecosystem. Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes featuring thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm Douglas Jonas, head of exchange-traded funds at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how.